The 510th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Game Time, your home for lowest priced last minute tickets. Download the Game Time app today and use promo code SGPN for $20 off. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play Underdog's Pick'em for a chance to win 100 times your entry. Use promo code SGPN at underdogfantasy.com for a 100% deposit match. And finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start making smarter bets today. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos. Welcome to episode 510 of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This one's going out to our favorite Brazilian grandma, Silvia Silva, who brings in all the YouTube views for us. So this goes out to you, Silvia. I'm sure you're listening. Thank you for coming to the show. I'm one of your host, Jeff Chalks Fox, episode 510. If this is your first time, though, jumping in, um, the episode, all you need to know is this is the show where we get sticky with things, and we're going to get sticky today. Very, very sticky with UFC Fight Night. Moreno versus Roy Ball 2. We're going to get so sticky. But just with the prelims, tomorrow we shall get sticky with the main card. So we got um, UFC going down from Mexico City, which means it's actually a decent fight night card. Uh, It's not one of our UFC Apex-style cards where you get a middleweight main event and then a bunch of uh, questionable fights throughout it. No, this is a quality fight card with lots of flyweights on it, which usually is a good thing. Five flyweight fights out of the 13... No. Yes, 13 fights. So um, we're going to cover four of those flyweight fights today and three other weight classes on the prelim portion of the card. This fight card's at no, today and tomorrow, no uh, weight class above lightweight. And now Gumby's dog's barking and so is mine. It's going to be a good episode. Except mine's very close. The dogs dogs are barking. Isn't that what we want? I don't know if they're going to be barking this week, Gumby. Let's bring Gumby Breeland in and say, are the dogs barking this week, Gumby? Uh, I, I think, uh, there's a chance. (laughs) Shut up. I love, I love that. You're dumb. Uh, and and so I think there's a chance that they're barking. I I would say we're probably back to probably the mean here because right. The dogs had been white hot all year, um, to a, to an extent where people were like, what the hell's going on? And then we get last week where, I mean, if you want to kind of Leah Tapuria as a dog at like you know, a lot of books had him at like yeah. plus 100 or, you know, some even had negative 110. I guess you had one underdog hit last week. So it came back down to earth. I think you see probably the, uh, you know, like the 33% we normally see. Uh, back we, this week. You're very correct. 66% is the hit rate for favorites now. Uh, lifetime is 67. So yeah, you're right. We're right where we should be. But women's favorites, seven and two this year. So uh, usually women's like last year, women's came through at a higher rate. Uh, women underdogs were at what they were at 36%. Uh, men's were only 31. So this year it's, it's the ladies that are, um, that are squashing the, uh, the underdogs. So uh, I wonder how much of that is wide lines though. Um, mm-hmm. Because, because even, you know, we got one this week and, you know what? What is she like? Negative five twenty or something like that. Negative four sixty. You know, like it's. Um, I think we we've had a couple of women's fights in there that were like a little bit more like squash matches, um, yeah. and setups to to showcase a, a particular woman's fighter. So, like with that being said, uh, I I think maybe that regresses to the mean too when we start seeing a little bit closer of the matchmaking later on in the year. 
Yeah, it is a small sample size is what we have to remember. Um, and usually all these things revert back to uh, to the way they should have been. A lot of big lines this week, um, especially on tomorrow's show, the, the main card. Uh, we've only had three plus 200 or higher dogs come through this year. So just keep that in mind uh, for anyone who wants to take big swings on fights. Don't come through super frequently. We've had 21 underdogs come through and three of those have been... Uh, have been big dogs, I would say, over over 200 dogs, so like one in seven. So just something to keep in mind because there is a lot of big dogs this week. Um, my co-host is going to take a swing on at least one because he tends to swing at least swing the dogs. At least one. There you go, there you go. He's smiling. He he did. Uh, he is taking a swing on one. Uh, any thoughts uh, or actually any news articles? I don't think anything interesting has happened over since we recorded last, right? No, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, it seems like UFC 302 officially has a location. Um, I don't know Where's if that's that? news to you. Uh, the Prudential Center in New Jersey, which means New Jersey's okay. gonna get two fight cards in a pretty short period of time. Um, I'm not sure it's officially announced, but uh, Aileen Perez, who is obviously the big newsbreaker in the UFC, yeah, uh, posted that she was gonna be fighting in New York in uh in for ufc 302 against jocelyn edwards uh and then but the one of the hashtags was prudential center which is in new jersey and i'm assuming this is just her not knowing uh that that new york and new jersey are different places uh but yes uh seemingly it seems like that is going to be the locale for 302 which was at least news to me when i saw it yeah fairly uh, have you seen an event in new jersey i thought you had have yeah, I went to... and saw uh I went and saw Nate Diaz versus Jim Miller right. headline a fight card that had cool. uh Tony Ferguson's last loss before he went on an insane, insane winning streak. Yeah, and became champion for all those years too. Got a title shot, you know, everything went smoothly, right? Yeah, th- things seems to still be going well for him. Uh although he got a huge pop at UFC two ninety eight. Did you hear that? Like they no, showed him I on didn't. camera and like the place well, went levels, bonkers. Yeah, yeah he's he's yeah. He's beloved despite having like an insanely boring fight with Patty Pimblett. <laughs> Is he, was he hinting about another fight? I, I mean, I, I some, no indication like, he's retiring. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he, I mean, if, yeah. if not, you just have to book him in game bread, bare knuckle MMA next. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't like that anymore, to be honest with you. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Let's get down to this exciting event. We're finally hopefully getting. Edgar Charisse versus Daniel Lacerda, right? <laughs> so we, we shouldn't two, waste any more three, time. Two, Part, three, what, I mean, what are we call Yeah, it? I <laughs> don't even know. Uh, it's not the main event, though, shockingly. It's UFC Fight Night. Moreno versus Roy Ball 2. Actually, the top two fights are both rematches um, this week, but we're not talking about those today. Uh, today is the prelim portion. Four flyweight fights, a bantamweight fight, a lightweight fight a featherweight fight so like i said the heaviest people hitting the scales on friday will be 155 pounds so i don't remember an event like this i love I, it maybe I haven't ever love it <laughs> i love it too it's like wec all over again wc never die yeah just need the yep so hopefully it it uh, I, comes through like wc used to come through with the event so this is going down in arena cdmx in mexico city mexico this Saturday, we're back to the 7 p.m. start time ESPN Plus for the prelims, 10 p.m. for the main card. We're not kicking things off with a flyweight, though. We're kicking things off with a featherweight fight. Eric Silva, which is the most common name in MMA. Uh, this is Eric with a K, which kind of changes things, versus Mohamed Naimov, of, another common MMA trope. 
names that end in off. Uh, we're going to tell you about Silva first. He is king. Eric Silva, we can't make him go last. He's got to go first here. He is nine and two, three knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted twice. So he's been finished in both of his, of his losses. Oh, won the UFC. Before that, he had won eight straight fights to get himself into the big show, including a fight on the contender series. He did lose via submission in his last fight. That was way back in December 2022. Where, what's he been doing, Gummy? Do you have any intel on this? I don't. No, I got nothing. Do you remember who he fought? TJ Brown. Yes. And did he get hurt in that fight? I don't think he noticeably got hurt, right? He got submitted, but it's not like he got his arm ripped out, I don't think. But anyhow, he's been gone. Gone, gone, gone. Um, he is back, though. Uh, may as well tell you that stat. Fighters who have been out at least a year win 46% of the time. So a uh, little um better than a coin flip uh going with someone who uh who's fighting someone who has been rusty because bring rust exists sorry dominic cruz but it does uh silva is a regional champ or was he's fight at lightweight an inch of reach over nine off so pretty much push there uh, better grappling stats based off of uh his two fights we have stats for for silva and uh he outstruck his opponents in those fights by 0.59 strikes per minute Plus three, three, three. There's a fun number. Naimov Hillman is the nickname. Ten and two, five knockouts, two submissions. Never been finished in a fight. Two and zero in the UFC. He's part of a five-fight winning streak. He's not lost since February 2021. He's fight at lightweight. All one in contender series. Seven years younger than Silva. He's more active landing strikes than Silva. Despite going what two and zero in the UFC, he lost in contender series. Despite that, he's been outstruck by 1.29 strikes per minute in the UFC and he is uh, in contender series and he is at minus 330 one of those big lines I was talking about all right Gumby kick us off all right so first of all uh let me apologize for kicking off there uh my button uh my my cord hit the airplane mode button on my laptop I didn't uh, notice yeah I was, so reading my I, was I was telling you TJ Brown was who oh. he fought prior, prior yes uh yes. Eric Silva had fought TJ Brown I heard you uh, say that Oh, okay, good. Okay, yeah. so I, yeah. I felt like I disappeared when I said TJ Brown. But anyway, TJ Brown. Um, I'm going with Naimov here. Uh, you know, to your point, he did have a little bit of issue with being outstruck on the feet. Some of that is fighting Nathaniel Wood. But, like, think about what a downgrade this fight is for him. Yeah. Having fought Nathaniel Wood and did enough of his grappling in that fight and enough of his cage control in that fight to get judges to give him the scorecards, which I know it was like a close fight and some people – you know, had it Woods way or thought that Naimov didn't do enough on top or whatever, but like he did enough on top for the judges to sway a judge's scorecard against Nathaniel Wood, who has looked really good at featherweight with the exception of this fight. And for me, when it comes down to it, it's going to be nonstop. I'm in a different spot today. She sucks so bad, but go ahead. I'll mute okay. myself. Go. Yeah. yeah. So my, my thought here on this one is that, you know, like if, if that works so often, against Nathaniel Wood, I think it's going to work against Eric Silva because Eric Silva had trouble with the grappling of TJ Brown. If you have trouble with the grappling of TJ Brown, there's no reason to think you won't have trouble with the grappling of Mohamed Naimov. So, I, you know, I, I think Naimov, I think he controls the position. I don't think the negative 330 looks all that bad. I think you probably just take that roll it into a parlay somewhere. Yeah, Naimov is my pick as well. Um, all the things going to be said, plus Silva's uh, inactivity, um yeah and, and Ninov has you know looked good found a way to win uh in the UFC against pretty good competition Jamie Larkey isn't the worst fighter in the world um and then he took another step up in his next fight against Nathaniel Wood this is probably his at least on paper this is his yeah. easiest one he's got definitely UFC, right so definitely yeah. 
So Naimov is the pick here. Hopefully he kicks things off for us, right? Plus he's seven years younger, which is huge, especially for a, a lightweight class. So, all right, before we move along, let me tell you about game time. The spot to go for tickets. I've been on there a lot recently looking at tickets, trying to find cheap seats for events. Um, it's a good app, good website, and game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, MMA, and more. The game time guarantee means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without stress with game time. Download game time app, create an account, and use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Again, in terms apply, again, create an account. Redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NBA, NHL, and college basketball. Call MMA, tennis. I think they have. They got it all. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. You can win 100 times with some spicy plays. Gumby, any plays for us? NBA's coming back. You got sports yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to give you a little preview of the fight we're about to break down. I'm going to take uh, Felipe Dos Santos is higher than on his significant strikes. He's listed at 76 and a half. I think this one turns into kind of a brawl, and uh, he lands plenty here to, to hit the higher than. All right, there you go. A sneak peek on the fight we're going to cover very, very shortly. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over an Underdog's website, mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with the promo code MMASGPN, Underdog will double your first positive up to 100 bucks. This Underdog Fantasy promo code MMASGPN. And if you get in our Discord and you send Gumby a screenshot of you signing up with that code, maybe you'll get some swag sent to you. Who's to say, right? All right. Flyweights. Hey, the aforementioned Felipe Dos Santos is fighting Victor Altamirano, 125 pounds. I'm going to tell you about Altamirano first. Al Magnifico is the nickname. We got a couple of good nicknames going against each other here. He's 12 and three, two knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted one time, two and two in the UFC. He's won two of his last three and six of his last eight is did lose his last fight. Was the LFA champion before all of this, uh, an inch of height over Dos Santos, better striking stats and better grappling stats. And he has outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.01 strikes per minute. Plus two forty. Dos Santos, Lipe Detona. Didn't we debate this nickname? It means like lip detonates, right? Yeah, I think it, it's like uh, like mouthy, basically, is yeah. what it means. Yeah, yeah. But, but we were thinking he beat, knocks people's lips off. But yes, mouthy works as well. He's seven and one, two knockouts, three submissions, never been finished any fight. His one loss came in his UFC debut. He's nine years younger than Altamirano, more active landing strikes. However, he's been outstruck over his one UFC fight by 0.87 strikes a minute, minus 298. Dos Santos is my pick, as uh, Gumby alluded to. He, he's going to land a lot of strikes here, way younger than Altamirano, especially at flyweight. Nine years is a massive, massive gap. Um, and I, I think he's got the all-around game to uh, to win this fight. So another big favorite, but um, it's probably that for a reason. Dos Santos is the pick. Yeah, I'm going to go with Dos Santos too. I, I think the biggest piece of this for me is that Dos Santos went toe-to-toe in the nail cape in his debut and did just fine. Um, yeah, like he didn't win the fight, right? Uh, taking a fight on short notice against maybe the number one contender for the belt right now, maybe the best flyweight in the world when, you know, when, when Minoke has intention and, and moves forward and gets after it, I'm not sure there's anybody better than him. Uh, I'd love to see him fight Pantoja again. I, I think that that fight is probably, you know, next on the docket or very close to being on the docket and Dos Santos did just fine against him. So with all that being said, I think the fact that he brawls really well, he's got incredible cardio. He's going to be way faster than Altamirano. I mean, again, 
I, I mentioned Naimov is a good uh, parlay piece at negative 300. I don't think he has any problems with Silva. Same thing here with Dos Santos. I think you could probably roll these two together. You're going to get almost even money on them. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I, I don't think Ultramarano has anything for him. He's going to be way slower. Um, his striking's not as sharp. Even if they brawl, you know, I like the, the gas tank of Dos Santos better. Even going to high elevation, which is obviously something we should probably be factoring into these um, into these breakdowns, is that, like, you know, the, the, the environment will be a factor. But, yeah, I like Dos Santos here. Yeah. Um, so – pick fighters that actually train out of Mexico, perhaps. Is that the the um, angle we're taking here? If that's true, then we just took a Brazilian fight in the Mexican. So I'm not going <laughs> to yep. say that that is the blanket <laughs> statement. But I will no. say, too, there, there's different ones, you know, and, and I'll have a little bit of insight later when we're talking about this. There's some fighters who are Mexican but don't train in Mexico. Like, we're going to yep. talk about Daniel Zellhuber tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He trains in Vegas. Uh, so, like, you could try to factor that in if you want. But, like, there's certain times it makes a lot of sense. There's certain times it didn't. It seems like a lot of the guys went there early enough, so it won't factor in. There's at least yeah. one fight on this card where I do think it's going to be a big factor. Um, but I wouldn't just like blanket statement say like you know the cardio advantage goes to every Mexican because Dos Santos is one of those guys with a crazy motor. Yep, crazy motor, and like I said, way uh, um, just a better fighter all around. I think than Altamirano, way younger, which is going to be I think a huge thing uh, cardio wise. Whether you're at Altitude or not, especially at flyweight. Let's stick with flyweight, shall we? Um, Luis Rodriguez versus Denny's Bonder. Uh, 125 pounds. Bonder is psycho. I'm not saying that. I'm not calling him psycho. That's his nickname. He's psycho. Uh, 19 to 4. Four knockouts, 13 submissions. So he's a submission specialist, you would say. A finisher, too, for flyweights. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. So he owes his rounds all around this man. 0-2 in the UFC. Uh, so he, before that, he had won nine straight fights. Um, has not won a fight since August of 2020. Was regional champion. Used to fight at Bantamweight. He's got four inches reach on Rodriguez. Better striking stats and four times more active fighting strikes than Rodriguez. But Re- Rodriguez has fought one time, and that was on contender series. Um, and Bondar has been outstruck over his two UFC fights by about a strike and a half. He's at minus 1.53. On the board, plus 105. There we go. We got some close odds here. Lazy Boy is Rodriguez's nickname. 15 to 2, seven knockouts, four submissions, never been finished in a fight. His UFC debut comes on the strength of five straight wins and 11 of 12. He has won. Two straight wins have come via finish. He's not lost since August 2020. That was on the contender series where he went 0 and 1. Uh, used to fight a bantamweight as well, regional champ as well. Seven years younger than Bondar. Get outstruck in the contender series by almost two strikes a minute, 1.93. Uh, based off that one fight, he had better grappling stats than Bondar. Minus 110. Gumby. Yeah, I'm going to go with Rodriguez here. Uh, I I think you kind of have to just throw that contender series fight out because it was a bad loss and it was a bad loss to a bad opponent. Um, No offense to Jerome Rivera, but Jerome Rivera did not fare. (laughs) No, he did not fare well in the UFC. But also we're talking about Ronaldo Rodriguez and that fight, um, which by the way, did we, uh, did you call him Luis Rodriguez or Ronaldo Rodriguez? I called him Luis. Does he go by Ronaldo? He's going by Ronaldo. He's going by Ronaldo now. Um, It's Luis Ronaldo Rodriguez, but there's another Luis Rodriguez on the regional scene. And I think he's trying to differentiate himself before he gets to the UFC. So he's Ronaldo Rodriguez now. Um, So Ronaldo Rodriguez, I I think in that fight, first of all, he had just turned 21 years old. So like lots of growth since then. Um, and then he's plowed through the, the Mexican regional circuit since then and looked better and better and better every fight. It looks like his grappling's coming around. He puts on great pace. 
Um, he, he couldn't find fights at flyweight on the regional scene. So he's been beating up Bantamweights with almost no problem. And I think the thing for me about Bondar is, is if you've looked at any of his fights in the UFC, it's like he, he shoots some takedowns kind of maybe too frequently for his own damn good. And when he does, he tires. Um, now we're going to put him at elevation against the guy who trains at elevation. You know, I mentioned before, there's only a couple of fights on this card that I really trust this, you know, elevation tactic of looking at things. This is clearly one of them for me. Ronaldo Rodriguez trains at elevation. He's got a good cardio, good gas tank, has been fighting fights at elevation. You got Bondar, a guy who's tired when he's not fighting at elevation. I, I think he's going to put a pace on him. I don't think he's going to be able to keep up with it. I think Rodriguez is the much better fighter on the feet. And I think he could even mix in the takedowns too for himself if he won the tire Bondar faster. Seven years younger too. Uh, I, I'm harping on that, but uh, I think that makes a big difference, especially at this weight class. Overall, five years younger or less when 64% of the time, 65% this year. So it is a pretty big factor. Uh, I haven't ha broken it down by weight class, but I would assume it would be uh, bigger at the smaller weight classes. Yeah, if you watch Rodriguez fight, which I have, I did some film study, Gummy, to remind me of these guys. Um, yeah, good fighter, really, really puts pace on and um, and has some has some decent power. So Rodriguez is a pick. Really like the line we're getting on him. I can't say that about too many lines to speak, but um, his line I I like. All right, before we move on, I also like Hall of Fame bats. So I'm going to tell you all about why I like them. Because you win bigger by betting smarter this NBA season with Hall of Fame bats, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NBA and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame bets, revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Start all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Are we sticking with flyweight? No, we're, we're going up, up, way up. Lightweights, Claudia Puelish versus Faris Zayam. Uh, I will tell you about Puelish first, El Nino or Prince of Peru. You take your pick. You can call him either. I think I'm going to call him Prince of Peru. Uh, he's 12 and 3, two knockouts, seven submissions. He's been knocked out twice. Five and two in the UFC, five and one over his last six. Got TKO'd in his last fight. That was back in November 2022. Where's he been, Gumby? I, I honestly think he's just been getting some work in. Um, you know, like in that fight, you know, he was coming off of a five fight winning streak. He, he runs into Dan Hooker, which like no shame in running into Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker, you know, like kind of surprised us all with a, set, a resurgency in his career. And I think he just was like, hey, there are some deficiencies in my game. I can't just knee bar everybody anymore. Um, now that I'm fighting these higher level guys, I got to get back to the drawing board. There you go. Um, hopefully he's been drawing well. Uh, he is went three and zero in the Ultimate Fighter. Used to fight at excuse me featherweight. Twenty thirteen pro MMA debut. Better grappling stats than Zayam. Uh, he's been outstruck in the UFC by one point one one strikes per minute plus one eighty. The Smile Killer is Zayam's nickname. Fourteen and four, five knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted three times. Four and two in the UFC. He's won two straight and four of five. So two guys on the way up. Is not lost since February 2022. Multiple region championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. I'm wearing it right now. Sportsgamingpockets.com slash store. And it's really soft. It's a nice soft shirt, by the way, as well. Um, what else can I tell you about this man I'm speaking of, Zayam? He used to fight at welterweight and middleweight. 2014 was his pro MMA debut. Three inches height, three inches reach over Welsh. So a moderate size advantage for him. Better striking stats, more active landing strikes. And he's uh, outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.81 strikes per minute. Minus 210. 
you know what I do in striker versus grappler matchups? I take the striker, but no, not this time. I'm taking Puelish. Only thing worried about is his time off, but hopefully he's been doing what Gumby says he's been doing and, and getting better. Um, he was on quite a tear leading up to this. Um, Going to be way better grappler than Zayam. Smile Carrier might make it sound like Zayam is a knockout artist, but he really isn't, especially not in the UFC. So I think Puelish can survive on the feet with him, and he's going to... Um, He's going to more than survive on the ground. So uh, Puelish is a pretty big dog, and I like him. Yep, I'm with you on this one. Uh, team right here as well. I, I think Puelish, you know, like it, it, when you look at the level of competition this guy was beating, Zayim fits right in, right? Mm -hmm. Chris Grutzmacher, uh, Clay Guida. You know, like if, if you, you book Clay Guida versus Fair Zayim, and what do you say? You're like, I don't know, Guida's probably a live dog, right? Um, mm -hmm. because he could wrestle and take him down and stuff like that. Puelish outplayed Guida on the mat. You know, he, he worked, outworked him on the mat and pulled the knee bar and, and won that fight. And I think he could do the same here against Naimo, or uh, Zayim. I think he's the better grappler against Zayim. I think he can hold his own on the feet. I love the fact he took a step away for as long as he did. There's so many fighters who go on five fight winning streaks. They get that big first fight, that, that Dan Hooker level fight or, you know, you know, Bobby Green or somebody like that, they get turned away. And then they're like, I got to get back in there. Give me a short notice fight against anybody. Give me a short notice fight against this guy, yeah. that guy. Give me that opportunity. Not Puelish. Puelish was like, I need some time away. I need to figure some things out. And then he figured, I, I'm going to say he figured him out. I'm going to say this is the perfect opportunity for him to come out with advanced striking, with a better wrestling game. And when he's on the mat, I mean, his, he didn't need to work on anything on the mat. He was already good there. And I don't think Zayim's going to have an answer. So, yeah, give me Puelish. Definitely give me the dog money, too. Hopefully, the dogs are barking like the dogs are barking at our respective homes today, right? Is it both your dogs are bad or just one of them is barking? I, I don't know what's going on. I think there were some turkeys in the yard a little while ago. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, wow, yeah. So wow we're, working, we're working with some turkeys right now. <laughs> that, <laughs> I've, been trying to, I've been trying to mute in between to make it oh, a little doesn't better. Matter. <laughs> Quieter than mine. No big deal. This is the dog episode. Um, we've had some of those before. All right. We're going way down again. Gummy to flyweights. Edgar Sharids versus Daniel Lacerda. The fight that we've broken down so many times and it didn't happen. And it's going to happen. Actually, it did technically happen once. I don't know. If, did we break it down originally? When did they fight originally? I'm pretty sure we've broken it down at least twice. This can <laughs> be a very quick breakdown. Uh, All right. <laughs> one of them sucks. One of them really <laughs> sucks. Uh, Lacerda's Miojo. 11 and 5 with one no contest. Five knockouts, six submissions. So he finishes everyone. Mm. He's been knocked out four times, submitted once. So he owes his rounds. 0 and 4 with one no contest in the UFC. No contest was his last fight against Sharif. What happened, Gumby? Uh, Sharif had him in a guillotine. He, uh, right. the, the ref thought he was out, picked up his hand, his hand dropped. Uh, so, you know, seemingly yeah. all evidence would point to him being out and then he showed he wasn't. And then, uh, they, they changed it to a no contest. And they shouldn't for seeming, they, for seemingly they never no. do that. And they shouldn't ever do well, that. Well, this one wasn't even an appeal. This was just like in the yeah. cage. They were like, oh yeah, he was awake. And it's like, but, but you have to show you're awake. You don't get to just say, you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, no, I, I know my arm didn't move then, but I'm actually awake. So give me that no contest because most of these commissions can't restart fights. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was wild and, and should have been his, what, fifth straight line? Is he 0-4 in the UFC? 0-4, yeah. I don't know why he's still around. Should, should be 0-5. Are, are you still awake because the guy's not choking you anymore also? like that's, Yeah, yeah, that, that's a helpful piece. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, he's missed weight before, too, so he's got everything going for him here. Uh, no wonder Lewis, he loves him so much. Uh, it's not won a fight since July of 2021. Was regional champion. More active landing strikes than Sharif's and better grappling stats. 
He's been outstriking the outstruck, excuse me, in the UFC by four point five four strikes per minute, plus two eighty. What like there's some guys that just I don't know what it is, but UFC just can't. They can't quit them for some reason, right? It's very strange. And I think this one guys. is just because he's exciting. Like, he, he is yeah. fun to watch. Like, you, you can watch any of those past fights and be like, man, he's doing spinning back kicks. And this guy went, you know, like he tagged him one time. And like, but at a certain point in time, you're like, this dude runs out of gas and gets subbed at the end of every single fight. <laughs> like, uh, is he the only guy to lose to, to little Figgy? Um, Figgy Smalls. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm yes. pretty sure he's the Maybe. only guy to lose to Francisco Figueredo. And it was literally, he had top control and he was like, here's my leg, please knee bar it. Uh, <laughs> and Francisco Figueredo obliged him. So, um, like, at a certain point in time, you have to be like, yes, it is exciting, but, but like, there's nothing to cap it off. There, there's no redeeming quality other than it was kind of fun to watch while it lasts. Yeah. See, we've taken way too long on this already. I haven't even broken down the other guy yet. Cherise, puro Chicali. What does that mean, Gumby? Pure what? Pure uh, Chicali. <laughs> puro doesn't mean. Does it, it doesn't mean doesn't pure. It? No, I think it means it's tough. Is it tough? Uh, now I'm gonna have to go. It's been so long. I didn't have the nickname written down. Pure Chicali. Are people yelling at their podcast catchers? Perhaps. Uh, Chicali's a bird. It says in Panama. So what All does right. puro mean? Puro means pure. Oh, uh, you were right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Those turkeys, let me tell you. Um, just let them out to get the turkeys, Gumby. Go get the turkeys, guys. Um, all right. I'm going to tell you about the third. not turkeys. Ten and five with one no contest. Four knockouts, six submissions. He finishes everyone as well. He's been submitted twice. He owes his rounds too. Oh, one with one no contest in the UFC. He got no contest in his last fight against Lacerda. Regional champion. Inch height, inch reach over Lacerda. Better striking stats. He's been outstruck in the UFC by 1.66 strikes per minute. Minus 345. Sharice, because Lacerda sucks. And Sharice is going to finish him again, right? Yeah, this is my pick first on this one, but you you, you, yeah, uh, yeah, you still, can, you can take it one. away. Yeah, Sharice, probably <laughs> uh, by sub again uh, any way he wants. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. Sharice inside the distance is a, probably a playable one, although the props haven't been flying up on the board too quick. Uh, I've noticed kind of a oh, yeah a slow slow bit of the books getting to props for this card but yeah when when it does pop up give me Cherie's inside the distance Cherie's inside oh there's not so we can't pick that one for one of our fancy plays because yeah, the, there's no odds yeah when we get to the fancy plays i'll mention like there are some like Cherie's inside the distance and there are a couple others that i'm like kind of yeah. interested in and and the numbers just haven't popped up yet maybe they will huh. by the time we get to the main card episode and and stuff like that but uh yeah they've been slow going this time all right we have been too. Let's move on. Flyweights. Jesus Santos Aguiar versus Matias Mendoza. Or as I like to call him, Mendoza. All right, Aguiar. Nine and two. One knockout. Six submissions. He's been submitted twice. One and one in the UFC. Nine and one over his last ten. He won his last fight via knockout. Uh, one known contender series. Regional champion. Better striking stats. Better grappling stats. And he's outstruck his UFC in contender series points by 0.66 strikes per minute. Plus 134. Mendoza, Mendonca, it's Madonka, right? I think it's Mendoza, Mendoza. Really? Yeah, I I can't remember. They always say something wildly different than I say uh, (laughs) on the broadcast. Doesn't doesn't mean it's correct though. That's the thing. No, Um, no, no. (laughs) Bocao is the nickname. Bocao, B-O-C-A-O. Do you know what that means, Gumby? Big mouth. Yes, that is him. We got a lip detonator and a big mouth. Uh, 10 and 2. Three knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out once. 0 and 2 in the UFC. Lost via TKO in his last fight. One known contender series. Used fight at Bantamweight. Two inches height, nine inches of reach. 
three years younger than Nagy are, more active landing strikes. He's been outstruck in the UFC contender series by 4.25 strikes per minute. That would explain why he's lost two fights. Uh, minus 140. We'll let you go first since I stole your last one. I'm going to take Aguiar. Um, really? Yeah, I like the overhand right that he throws. Um, I, I think he's one of those people that we have a tough time coming to grips with exactly what he is uh, because in two fights, you know, he, he fought Tetsuya Tyra, who, you know, like, mm-hmm. do what you will with that. And it went 15 minutes, which may, maybe is actually a feather in his cap. And then his other fight lasted 17 seconds because he knocked out Shannon Ross because, like, so did a stiff breeze. Um, and, like, you know, at this point in time, how do you, how do you handicap a guy who does something like that? And I, I think if you just look to his full body of work, that the wrestling is much, much better than Mendonca. I've had some issues with Mendonca's wrestling in the past, if you want to look back at some of his past fights. I think that overhand right is a good tool when you talk about closing the distance, right? Because you talked about there being a big uh, range advantage and reach advantage. I don't think Mendonca is really good at keeping that advantage. And then when you add in that the Aguiar's best strike is an overhand right, he's going to throw that and work it right into a takedown. Um, and, and I think that that's perfect. I think his grappling is so much better. I, I think there's lots of reasons to like Aguiar in this fight. Um, and, you know, I, I said it before the Ross fight, and granted it was against Ross, so, like, did he actually prove anything? But I think that his striking is far better than we were giving him credit going into that fight. Um, and it's not even his best trait, right? His best trait is his grappling. So yeah, I like Aguirre here. I don't. I, I like Mendonca, <laughs> <I knew that. laughs> Mendoza, whatever his name is. Um, I do like his striking. Uh, Mendonca's striking. I like the nine re- nine inches of reach, obviously. Uh, I did watch tape, and I like what I see from Mendoza. Look at you watching all yes. kinds of tape yeah. this week. I don't remember what I watched from a lot of these people, <laughs> but it helped me make my pick. So I, apparently I like what I saw from Big Mouth over uh, Aguirre here. So Mendonca is the pick for me. Now we'll go to the main event of the prelims, Bantamweights, Christian Kionis versus Hauni Barcelos. I shall tell you about Kionis first. Problema is a nickname, 18 and four, 10 knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted twice, one and one in the UFC, five and one over his last six. He lost via submission in his last fight. One known contender series, multiple region championships on his mantle. Correct. Get that shirt. The shirt I'm wearing right now, not this exact one, but you can get one in your size. Sportsgamingpockets.com slash store. Uh, what else can I tell you about this gentleman? 2013 Pro MMA debut, inch of height, three inches reach, nine years younger than Barcelos. He's outstruck his UFC and contender series opponents by 0.1 strikes per minute. So pretty much a wash there. Plus 160. Barcelos, 17-5, eight knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. Six and four in the UFC. He's lost two straight and only won one of his last five. He's fight at featherweight. Multiple championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirts. Where's again? Pogs.com slash store. 2012 Pro MMA debut. Grappling champion, wrestling champion, better striking stats, better grappling stats, and more active landing strikes than Kionis. And he's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.35 strikes per minute, minus 160. I'm going dog here. I'm taking Kionis. Obviously, it, the youth is a big thing for me on this card and basically all the cards. I like his power on the feet. I have concerns about Barcelos's chin. Um, especially, I th- was it last fight he got knocked out by Umar? Or maybe two fights ago, but... Um, That's his- Umar, though. I know. Well, Umar. He didn't catch him super, super hard. Kionis can crack, though. Uh, that's the thing. And, and he's got the size and the youth on his on his side. Um, and Parcells hasn't shown much as of late. So I think Kionis is a live dog here. I shall take him. I mean, he hasn't shown much, but like, let's talk about who he's been fighting, too, right? Like, he, he's fighting... 
Kyler Phillips and Umar Narangamedov. And, you know, like he's fighting good dudes. And then there were long layoffs. That Umar loss, by the way, is now 14 months old. So not, okay. not completely old, but a, a little bit on the old side. And look, I, I'm just going to say from the Kinones side, I don't trust his his wrestling defense. And I know that that seems like it's a theme to what we're talking about mm-hmm. in this fight. And I certainly don't trust his jiu-jitsu defense. His last fight, he fought Kyung Ho Kang, who I don't think of as being as good at jiu-jitsu as, as Rayoni Varsalos. Might be a little bit better of a wrestler because Kang's kind of got sleeper good wrestling. He took him down like a minute into the fight and subbed him two minutes into the fight. Um, it, it's like Kinones wanted to give him his back uh, it, and Kang obliged him. I worry about what that means against Barcelos. Like if if Barcelos comes in there and just decides to strike with him, sure, I could see Quinones uh, cleaning up here. I could, and that's probably why the odds are as close as it is, because I think it basically comes down to whether or not Rayoni Barcelos is an idiot or not. And I'm hoping he's not. <laughs> I hope he just wrestles. But let me tell you how many times I've screamed at the screen <laughs> during the last couple of fight cards. Why are you not shooting a takedown? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to be hurt again. Give me Riona Barcelos. <laughs> yep, yeah. Counting on someone to fight how you want them to fight uh, isn't always a good path. So, all right, we disagreed on a bit, which makes things interesting. Uh, come Saturday. All right, uh, I'll recap, and then I'll, I'll get away. Now the dogs are quiet. We'll, we'll finish recording. That makes sense. Quinones <laughs> uh, for me, Barcelos for Dan, Aguirre for Dan, Mendoza or Mendonca or Mendonza or someone will tell us in, in the uh, YouTube comments. I'm sure uh, for me. Um, Sharice, I guess we'll take Sharice. Uh, Puelish as a dog, Rodriguez, Dos Santos, Naimov. There you go. There are your picks. We'll be back tomorrow. Will the dogs be barking? We shall see. Uh, literally and figuratively. Uh, in the meantime, Discord is this place to be sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. Our subscribers are going up. We're almost at 300. Help us get past there. Uh, we're, we're still getting a lot more viewers than we are subscribers. So remember to smash that subscribe button. doesn't cost you a penny. And if you have multiple accounts, smash it on every account. Um, that would be MMA Gambling Podcast on YouTube. Or apparently you can search uh, canned tuna recipes and you'll find us that way as well. So um, where else? X, Twitter X, SGP and MMA. At Gummy Vreeland, at Jeff Fox Writer. I'm also at Jeff Fox Writer on Instagram. MoneyMMA.substack.com is the place to be that uh, all my MMA writing other than the sports gambling podcast stuff shows up there along with my free pick em contest. I run for the UFC every week, get in there, win some, win some free stuff courtesy of me. Top turtle MMA podcast. I just listened to it yesterday night. Uh, Gumby hosted it along with his co-host shockwave. Tell us who's on it. Gumby. So I was talking to Daniel Zellhoover, Manuel Torres, and Ronaldo Rodriguez, who are all on uh, this Saturday's UFC Mexico City card. Yes, all good interviews. You didn't ask Zellhoover why he has a German last name. Daniel Zellhuber just, I just makes but me my, think German. But my co-host did call him Daniel Zellhuber, which was kind of uh, yeah, lovely. Perfect. <laughs> that, that makes it laugh. I don't know what that makes it sound like. American, I guess. Um sportsgamblingpodcast.com sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash patreon sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store make sure you do all that and listen to all our other great podcasts as well all right we're going back tomorrow puro shikali jeff fox El Nino, gumby vreeland and we'll talk to you then bye-bye